It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. On this edition of the podcast, we will have a chat with Ben Yowds, veteran defenseman for the Fuel. He came over a week into the season and has really been a key player for Indy so far. Five points in five games with the Fuel alternate captain and one of the leaders on this team, as well as one of the three veterans as well by ECHL definition on this squad. He's had a long career in the American Hockey League, as well as playing the last three seasons in Europe. And so we'll get to know Ben a little bit later on in the podcast. The Fuel enter the second weekend of November with a 3-4-0 and record on the year. And again, having played five of their first seven on the road, most recently a 5-3 loss to Fort Wayne last Saturday night, in which Indy fell behind 4-1 to and then mounted a comeback. Matthew Thompson with a power play goal midway through the third, drew the Fuel within two, and then Spencer Watson made it a one-goal game with his fifth of the year from Alex Krushlinski and Jake Reisick at 15.33 of the third period, but a late power play goal by Fort Wayne sealed it, and the Fuel fell 5-3 to on their first trip to Fort Wayne last Saturday night. That was their only game of the week. Matthew Thompson had a pretty solid game with a goal and an assist, also had a fighting major, the Gordie Howe hat trick for the captain. Alex Krushelniski had a goal and two assists, and Spencer Watson continued his hot play with a goal. And right now, Spencer Watson, 10 points in seven games for the Fuel so far, and Alex Krushelniski also with 10 points, and Matthew Thompson, the captain, with six points through the seven games so far for the Fuel as they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of different uh, players couple of moves for the fuel jack ramsey was called up to rockford right before last weekend's game and also the fuel traded rookie jack jenkins to the utah grizzlies for future considerations on tuesday of this week and jenkins had yet to appear in a game for the fuel this year so he was traded to utah as the fuel again a lot of depth on this roster and uh, so there's some pretty talented guys that are having some difficulty cracking the lineup. So this gives those players a chance to seek opportunities elsewhere. And of course, the fuel getting some future value as well through the exchange. Indy begins a three-game homestand this week. Friday night, the Toledo Walleye come to town. 735 face off its military night. That's Friday, November 8th. And we look forward to seeing you at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Saturday night, it's the third visit Already to the Coliseum by the Cincinnati Cyclone 605 faceoff for Pucks and Paws night. We'll have a few dogs in the arena on Saturday night. 605, again, remember the faceoff for Saturday's game against Cincinnati. Next Wednesday, the 13th, will be the first visit from the Kansas City Mavericks this year. 705 faceoff. It's November night. Next Wednesday, the Fuel taking on the Kansas City Mavericks. So three consecutive home games, Friday at 735, Saturday at 605, Wednesday at 705. You can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets as well as IndyFuelHockey.com and the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. And, of course, if you can't make it to the Coliseum, Nick Olchek and I have you covered on ECHL.TV and IndyFuelHockey.com slash radio with the broadcasts of all 36 Indy Fuel home games this year. 
We're joined on this edition of Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel by new Indy Fuel defenseman Ben Yalds. Ben is a veteran who has played the last three seasons in Sweden, joined the team after the first weekend of the regular season, and uh, so far has five points in five games with the Fuel. And First of all, Ben, uh, welcome to Indy. And How has uh, your season gone so far uh, coming into uh, the Fuel a week into the regular season and really kind of hitting the ground running? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Uh, thanks for having me on. And um, no, everything's uh, since I've gotten here, everything's been top notch. And um, you know, the guy, the guys, and and uh, Doug and Andy have have done a great job. You know, catching me up to speed with everything, and and as well as the guys. So um, you know, and the organization as itself is, you know, obviously first class. Um, and there's uh, you know, there's a lot of things here that um, that are you know, at our disposal that you don't really get in a lot of other teams, you know, even higher up. So um, we're definitely lucky to have, you know, have that on our side, which is great. And, um, you know, the, the, the season so far, obviously, you know, as a team, you know, we've played some good games and, you know, played some, played some periods. Um, you could say, uh, you know, that, um, that we haven't played, played, our best but you know we have a young team if you look at it we have a lot of good players um but we do have a young team and i think it's just part of the learning experience you know that um that it's just going to take a little bit to you know every every game every shift you know it's it's important and um and that's just part of the learning process and it it just takes a little time you know and and once that you know once that catches um in spreads it's uh you know, we're going to have a pretty lethal team. Um, so it's definitely, definitely something, something very exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as, um, individually, I, I was just kind of, you know, I had an opportunity to come here and then something I'm very grateful, um, you know, that Doug and Andy, um, allowed me to, to have, and, um, you know, and, and it's just, I just wanted to come in here and, and, you know, have an opportunity to play and, um, you know, and, and, so far, you know, that opportunity has, has, uh, has worked out and, and I see it, um, you know, continuing, but, uh, you know, it's been, you know, um, something that I wanted to, you know, I worked on, on all summer and just being in good shape and, um, and ready for when that call, you know, happened and that opportunity happened that, you know, I'd be ready to step in and, um, and just kind of take it from there. So. You're also coming in, uh, one of the veterans on the team, an alternate captain as well. And what kind of responsibility is it for you to come in as, as somebody who has a lot of hockey experience with a lot of younger players and just kind of helping, especially with some of the rookies, show them the ropes of pro hockey and be a resource for them. Yeah. And, and that's the, the biggest thing is being able to, um, you know, being able to, to be there for, for the younger guys and, and make sure that they feel comfortable, you know, not, not only coming to me, but, you know, coming to Alex and, and Tomer and, um, you know, being, being able to, to feel comfortable to, to ask questions or, um, you know, just even feel comfortable in the locker room, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's pro hockey and, you know, there's a certain element to, you know, to the game now. And, and so obviously there's, you know, being younger, um, you know, and I went through the same thing, you know, nerves about, you know, not knowing what's going on or, you know, how things are ran. And, and so being able to kind of, um, you know, listen to, you know, you know, questions or concerns and being able to, um, kind of ease some of the, some of that stuff for the younger guys is, is definitely something that, 
um, I take a lot of pride in and, and hopefully making them feel as comfortable as possible because at the end of the day, you know, if those guys are able to feel comfortable and, and kind of be their own personality, it, it, you know, it goes a long way and they can kind of just take a, take a deep breath and play, you know, and when you're not thinking and just playing it, um, you know, a lot of good things, um, happen, you know, when you, when you overthink things and, um, you know, wondering, you know, what's going on and not playing on instinct and that kind of, you know, then you're not naturally playing. So, um, I think it's a, a you know, a, a nice thing to kind of be able to kind of play that role now, you know, than, than I was in my first couple of years. So, and I had, you know, the teams that I played on, um, I had a lot of good leaders and, and, uh, you know, people that I was able to, um, learn a lot from and, um, and so it's just, you know, kind of the, the, the circle of life effect, I guess, as you could sh- say, and, and given, you know, given a little bit back. So, and you mentioned uh, the circle of life, if you will, you've got a number of years at the American hockey league level, you played the last three years as well in Europe, how important is it to have those experiences as well, especially in a leadership role? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, you, um, you know, I've had that fortunate opportunity to play quite a bit, um, a lot of years. And, and so, um, you know, every, every year you go through, you know, ups and downs and some years are obviously better than others. And there's, there's, um, you know, a learning curve with the good and the bad, you know, you learn, you learn how to take the good and you learn how to take the bad. So, um, you know, I, I think being able to, to share that, um, with the younger guys is, is something that, um, you know, hopefully they absorb and, and something that they can definitely learn from. You mentioned getting the opportunity to come here to Indy. What was it that brought you here to Indianapolis and, uh, the, gave you the opportunity to come uh, in kind of drew you to the fuel? Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I was hurt, uh, last year. Um, and, uh, so I didn't play a lot of games and, and, you know, having, um, not really having, uh, a ton of opportunity to, um, you know, to go back, uh, over to Europe, um, when we wanted, um, we kind of had to make a, make a decision. And, and so we, you know, through the grapevine and reaching out to, um, to different people, an opportunity came up here, um, in the States and, and, um, you know, and, and Doug called and it was, you know, it was pretty easy for me to make a decision and, and talk, you know, after talking with him to, you know, once this opportunity and window opened up, then, you know, it was something I felt comfortable, um, doing. And, and so far it's definitely, um, you know, been the right decision. What did you enjoy most about playing in Europe and playing in Sweden? Um, you know, you play, um, you play less games and you don't, you're not playing back to back nights. I think we had in the three years I was there, maybe had three back to back, you know, nights and games. So getting used to that is obviously a challenge. Um, you know, especially even, and I didn't even realize this until we came down, but, um, they still have four and fives, um, in the, in the coast. And, and so that, um, that'll be, yeah, that'll be interesting once we get to that, uh, that crossing point. But, um, you know, we, we loved it. My family loved it. Um, we have a, uh, a, a two-year-old and so he was able to, you know, be a part of the culture there and, um, with school and stuff like that. And, and, um, so at an early age, he, you know, he was able to, 
experience that, which was cool for, for us to see my wife and I to see and my wife loved it as well. And so we, um, you know, the lifestyle there, we, we had no complaints and it's just a, it's a cool experience. I think if people have an opportunity to do it, um, you know, experience different cultures and, you know, be able to, um, you know, play on top of it. I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely a, a situation that everybody should, you know, if, if that's your personality, you should definitely try. Yeah, Hockey-wise, it's a different style of play here in North America, smaller rink. What's the biggest transition coming back from playing on the larger rinks of Europe and playing the uh, the Swedish style to the more up-and-down North American style on the smaller rink? Yeah, I think it's just it's more, um, you know, quicker decisions with the puck. Um, I, obviously, with a smaller space, you can kind of let the, let the puck do the work. Um, and so I think that <clears throat> that's something that I – that I got used to um, fairly quickly just because of, you know, playing over here for so long, um, which, you know, didn't take me too long to get back into the swing of things. But I think that's the biggest thing is just the time and space and, um, and making, you know, making the the quick plays when they're there instead of, um, you know, maybe turning back or, or trying to create something, um, you know, over there, obviously you have an extra, 20 feet on both sides of, you know, of the, the rink. And so you have a little extra space to be able to work with and, and skate and, um, you know, use your feet out of, um, you know, out of things, but, you know, here, obviously your angles and, um, just, uh, and especially in the D zone too, you kind of got to, um, you know, be a little tighter to your guys, um, you know, cause if they're shooting pucks, you know, anywhere in the offensive zone, it, um, it's a good opportunity. So, um, little, little quicker puck management and, and quicker decisions is definitely one of the bigger things that, that I see, you know, coming back. You've spent a lot of time on the road early this season. Uh, you've got three consecutive games coming up at home. First things first, uh, you got a chance to score a goal in the home opener this year. Uh, that had to be pretty special, but what has it been like those two games you've uh, played here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum? How much have you enjoyed playing in front of the home fans? Yeah, I mean, it's been great. Um, the fans are, the fans are awesome. And, and, uh, you know, being, a, being able to play in a, um, in a rink like the Coliseum, I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's everything like I was, um, talking about earlier, everything that we have, you know, here at our disposal is, is, uh, you know, for, um, for playing in, in the ECHL, it's, it's definitely one of the, the hot spots and in, in with everything that we have. So, um, yeah, it's fun. And we, you know, we get to practice in there, um, you know, every, every little bit during the week and stuff and they don't have things going on. So even being able to be in there during the week and, and skating around is, is fun. And, um, you know, get, obviously gets you, gets you going a little earlier for the weekend, um, you know, games, which is nice. So we were there this morning instead of p- playing in the practice rink. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to, nice to be able to, to do that, um, and kind of get things, you know, get things flowing a little earlier in the week. You're back in the same organization where you started your career with the Blackhawks. Uh, what do you notice that's similar about uh, playing in the organization as well as playing in the ECHL? I know you played a little bit with Toledo early in your career. And what has changed in uh, the time since you've your early days in your career? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I guess I would I would say the speeds obviously you know a little a little quicker than it was. Um, back when I started and, and obviously it's a, 
a lot of these teams are seems like they're getting younger and younger or maybe I'm just getting older I have no idea but um kind of the speed and, and obviously there's you know it's a good league and and guys are you know guys are getting the opportunity you know from here and going up to the American League and even you know going up to the NHL and it seems like a lot more guys are are you know, even if they're starting here in in the coast a lot of those guys are you know are making it through the pipeline and getting an opportunity to play in the NHL which is pretty cool so I see a lot more guys having the opportunity to get out of here and and go up to the go up to the show which is great to see speaking of guys who have kind of had the opportunity to go up to the show after your uh, two years with with the Hawks in Rockford you had the opportunity to sign with the Bruins and uh, played two and a half seasons in Providence for Bruce Cassidy he's a guy who's got significant experience here in India as a player and as a coach and uh, kind of knew him a little bit I did early in his coaching career what was he like to play for and what kind of coach is he at? Have you seen, did you see the success that he would have in Boston as a player in Providence? Yeah, no, he's, um, you know, that I, I, I've enjoyed, um, a lot of places that I've played, I, I've enjoyed, um, and a lot of that, you know, has to do with, with culture and, and, you know, having the opportunity to win games and, you know, and, um, at the end of the day, having an opportunity to, you know, to win, you know, the Calder Cup or whatever it is, whatever league you're in. And, and so, um, he was, uh, he was a, a pretty special coach and, and, and I was fortunate enough to play with him and have an opportunity to play there for three years. And, um, you know, he, uh, his detail to, um, the game and, and how, you know, and just breaking stuff down and being able to read, um, you know, the game and, and be able to make changes on the fly, um, is, was kind of the part that I took away. That was, that was, I think one of his biggest assets and, and being able to let guys, you know, play and, and, but, but also having, you know, a game plan and, and, um, and you obviously see the success that he's had in Boston, especially with last year. And, um, he's got a good, great coaching staff with, with Kevin, Kevin Dean as well on the back end. I mean, those guys were in Providence together for a while. Um, and Kevin, I, I was fortunate enough to have him too, um, for three years as our D coach. And he was the same way. I mean, they're, they, uh, you know, they, they work hand in hand and, and their relationship's pretty special. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of those, um, teams you look at kind of how, you know, a lot of the credit goes on, on the head coach. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff in, in, in the background that I don't think people realize too. And so having good, good assistance as well is a big, big factor. And, um, so having, being able to see those guys have the success that they've had is, is pretty special. And, um, and, you know, Bruce, even, you know, Butchie, when he was in Providence, you know, we made the playoffs every year in Providence. Um, so it kind of just tells you the, um, you know, the, the quality that he has, you know, as a coach and, and, uh, and obviously guys enjoy playing for him. Um, you know, you're not going to have success like that if, if guys aren't, um, buying into what you're saying or, you know, appreciate what you're saying. Um, and so, yeah, he's, uh, I hope they, you know, I hope they're able to go one step further this year, um, and win the whole thing, but to be able to do that on your first, on your first, uh, kick of the can is, is pretty special. So, um, yeah, they were, uh, they were pretty, pretty, uh, you know, 
for me, I was definitely fortunate enough to play for both of them. And I've, I've heard other people who played for him say the one quality he has is he always seems to know the right thing to say. And sometimes it's a motivational thing. Sometimes it's a, uh, it's a joke, but he always seems to have the right thing to say to motivate players at the right time. Yeah, no, he, um, and I think that's one of his special qualities is, is being able to, you know, read this, read that situation and, and, um, you know, you're not going to, a lot of these, you know, a lot of the coaches that you see are, yeah, they're, you know, that have success, um, you know, they're smart and they know their X's and O's, but they also, you know, they, they have a, um, you know, kind of an aura around them that they're able to, you know, to kind of read the situation and see, you know, where everybody's at and, you know, being able to, like you said, to motivate people or, or, you know, being able to give, you know, constructive criticism, whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, there's, and I think the biggest thing too is, um, the players that play for him respect him. And I think that, um, that's a, a big, big factor in the success that he's had is I haven't met a player that's came through there that hasn't, you know, that hasn't uh, respected him, you know, as a coach and as an individual. Um, and so I think, um, you know, and obviously he's, you know, he was hard on me at times and I deserved it. And, and, but that made me better at the end of the day, you know? And so, um, yeah, there, uh, he's, he's definitely got a, a, an amazing quality about him as a, as a coach and as a, a person. So, how did you get your start playing hockey, especially growing up in Minnesota? Um, I I kind of started off late. My both my parents are from Iowa, so they they had no idea what hockey was. Um, and so when they moved up to Minnesota, um, they uh, they actually started me off uh, with skating lessons. So they're little did they know that their I think their process was um, you know worked out. Uh, in, in my favor. Um, but they had no idea what they were doing. I started off, um, learning how to skate from a figure skater and I had a bike helmet on and figure skates. And, um, they were like, if you pass your, you know, your skating lessons, then we can get you into hockey. Cause all my friends were playing hockey and that's all I wanted to do. And, um, and so, yeah, we went to play it again, bought the, <laughs> bought a bike helmet and, uh, some figure skates and started skating and, um, you know, and then I trans transferred into, uh, into some hockey skates and, and passed my, uh, skating lessons. And then next thing, you know, I was playing with my buddies and on a team, you know, a year or two later. Um, so I, I actually got a little bit of a late start and I don't even know how you could say a late start when you're starting to play when you're five and six years old, but people in Minnesota put their kids in, in, uh, <laughs> skates and equipment when, you know, when they're two and three. So I guess you could say I was a little late to the party, but, um, yeah, they, uh, they just, they were from Iowa and came up to Minnesota for jobs and they, they just were like, well, if, you know, it's kind of funny how they think about it, but they were just like, if you're going to learn how to, how to play hockey, you should probably learn how to skate first. So, um, that's how I, I got started into, um, into playing, which is, which is kind of funny. How special is it to play high school hockey in Minnesota as big of a deal as it is, and especially at state tournament in Minnesota, which is uh, almost as big of a deal as uh, as an NHL game would be? Yeah, no, and it's it's definitely special. I mean, being able to play high school hockey, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people um, that that play it, 
you know, it, it's tough to explain, but I mean, you have, it's just a special place to be. And, and, um, you know, especially with the high school tournament, I mean, they have, you know, they have, uh, schools that'll shut down and bust, you know, bust the whole school down for, you know, for the single A games and, you know, their whole school will be there. And, um, you know, and I'm sure everybody's seen on YouTube, the all hockey hair. And it seems like, uh, it seems like a lot of the, the guys that make the state tournament are, they're starting to grow their hair in September, you know, for it. So, um, it, it's, uh, it's transformed into a pretty, um, a pretty cool and special deal for, for the high school kids. And even when I was there, you know, your rivalry games and everything else, it's, um, you know, those are some of the funnest, funnest games that, that I've played in. So being able to, being able to be a part of that was, was pretty special growing up. What did it mean to you to uh, represent your country and play in the U18 world championships with the uh, USA crest on your sweater? Uh, that was um, very special. Um, obviously, one of my highlights of, of my career, um, obviously to this date, is being able to being able to wear that sweater. And, and I've had a you know I, I've had an opportunity to wear it um, you know one time internationally, um, and, and hopefully there'll be a few you know maybe a time or two more. Um, but uh, that was um, yeah that was that was special to to be out there and to throw you know, throw the, throw the red, white, and blue on and, and be there for your national anthem. And, um, it was, uh, definitely, definitely an experience that, um, that I'll never forget. And, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to play with a, a lot of good players on that team. And, um, yeah, it's something that you, you know, at a young age that you, you wish you have the opportunity to do. And, and, um, and I worked really, really hard to, to to try to make that team and, and it worked out. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, it was, um, definitely a cool, cool and special experience. Obviously we wish we would have done maybe a little bit, obviously a little bit better, but, um, you know, we were playing, playing against the, you know, the top, top kids in the world, the, you know, when you're 17 years old. So, um, but the experience was, was, uh, hands down one of the, one of the coolest and uh, most cherished experience that I've ever had. And how did that and your four years at Minnesota state Mankato prepare you for your professional hockey career? Yeah, we, I mean, it's, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is just um, continuing to, to work and to continue to try to get better. Um, and, you know, at, at, you know, school, you, um, you know, you have your, your academics and, um, your, you know, your classes and, and your hockey and trying to manage all that. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it was for me, it wasn't as, as tough as some of the other guys that are coming in <clears throat> for, um, for school. But, um, you know, it's, it's, you have, you have an opportunity to, to use your time and, and, um, you know, we had a, a good coaching staff there that, um, and, you know, the, the, um, opportunities, you know, to be able to, to use the rink, you know, whenever we wanted was another thing that, um, that allowed for us to, to, um, you know, get better and, you know, come in when, when nobody was there and stuff. And so I think being able to, to use that, um, you know, and, and, uh, um, get better was something that, you know, helped me, you know, starting off, um, playing pro and, um, and kind of kicking things off from there. So, and it never ends, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you just, you work on it, you know, you work on stuff 
every day and it's not, you know, it's continuous. So, um, you know, I feel, I feel like if, you know, you quit working on things, you, um, you just, you don't, uh, you lose some of the stuff that you gained. And, um, so I think it's, you know, and that's talking back about the, the question before with the younger guys is, um, you know, trying to show them that being able to, to do that on a regular basis, um, to work on things is a, is a big deal about being a good pro and, and something that will obviously, you know, you put in the work, um, most, most of the time, you know, you get rewarded for that. So, um, I think that's a, another big thing to, to, you know, relate to the, to the younger guys and, um, and they've been receptive. I mean, they, they've, they've been on, you know, the ice working on things after practices and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's a never ending, you know, it's a never ending, um, deal you know if i feel like if you you stop working then it's you know you're kind of just dead in the water you're a three-time all academic wcha performer as well and uh, so how much is it how much pride do you take in that and what you did in the classroom as well as what you did on the rink and as well how is that uh, with that finance degree you've got uh, going to prepare you for life after hockey yeah, I, you know, it was, um, it, it was one of those things where I, I just looked at it as well, if I'm going to get an education, um, that's paid for, I might as well get something out of it. Um, and you know, to, to not take advantage of that opportunity, um, would have been extremely, um, disappointing obviously, and, and not smart. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, um, decided to go into, to, once I got done my first couple of years, just decided to go into finance and, um, you know, and we had a lot of good resources as well with our teachers. And, um, and I actually, my, my best friend, um, who I roomed with for, for three years there, he was also a, a finance major as well. So, um, we were able to kind of, you know, work off, you know, work off each other. And, and, and that helped out a lot being able to, um, to be in the same house and, and kind of hammer out some, some tests and some questions together. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it was hard. Um, you know, it was, it was tough trying to, to manage hockey and, and, you know, your social life and, and school. But, um, you know, I, I also went to Shattuck for two years and, and so having kind of that structure, um, that definitely helped me out with, with the, um, you know, the, the academic side of things. So, um, the, uh, the, you know, having the opportunity to graduate in finance and be done in four years, obviously, you know, life after hockey, hockey doesn't last forever, unfortunately. Um, and so being able to have that in the back pocket, um, is huge. And, and I think everybody that has the opportunity to graduate and, um, and, and play after, I think that's so huge, um, just to have, um, and, you know, even right now I'm, I'm studying and, um, you know, trying to get, uh, doing, you know, just doing my real estate license since I'm, you know, my family's back home and my wife's pregnant. So, um, I had all this extra free time and I, and I was, you know, I was after the first day, I told my wife, I'm, I'm too bored. I don't, I, you can only watch so much TV and, and sit on the couch for so long. And yeah, after the first day or two, it's nice. And, and then you're kind of like, what am I doing? So I just decided to, go back into the class and, uh, doing an online course and seeing where it goes. But, um, I think it's, I think it's good to, to keep your brain, you know, active and, and I think it's good to think and I think it's good to study and, um, it, uh, just makes you, 
you know, like I said, hockey doesn't last forever. So, um, you know, when you are done it, uh, you know, it just, it looks good and, and, um, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll turn into something. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But, um, yeah, it's just something that I kind of, I, I like to do. I don't like to be standing still and, um, kind of like to, to keep moving. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I think everybody has an opportunity to play college. I think, I think it's something that, um, that they should, should definitely, uh, take on. Who was your favorite player or team growing up? Uh, who did you try to model your game after or look up to? Um, I was, uh, we didn't have a team in Minnesota, so I was a big Colorado Avalanche fan. Um, and so, and I was actually a forward growing up. So I, I loved Joe Sack at Computer Forsberg. Um, you know, they had a, the, the teams that they had, um, you know, back in the 90s and early 2000s, they were, pretty special and seeing those games, you know, seeing those games on ESPN and watching them play, you know, playing prime time and playing, you know, the Detroit Red Wings. And, um, it was pretty special and I was glued to the TV and, you know, there was, my parents had to pry me, pry me away <laughs> from, from the TV watching, watching those games. So, um, yeah, big Colorado Avalanche fan, um, still am. Um, hopefully they, you know, obviously the last, last couple of years have, have, uh, been more of a rebuilder but they they definitely have a lot of young guns that that are in their lineup so hopefully you know hopefully they can can keep going what is a favorite moment you've had from your hockey career something that's really stood out um i would say um you know for for me it was winning a national championship at at shattuck and then being able to represent the united states um and uh international play um those are two of the two of the biggest um, special moments that, that I can think of right off the top of my head that just kind of pop in. So, And I always have to put the qualifier with the exception of our home rink in Indy, because uh, that, that would be a too easy to answer. Uh, what's your favorite rink to have played in uh, either a home rink or a place where you went as a visitor during your career? Um, I, when I was in college, the Cole center was, in Wisconsin, that was, I, I always remember playing there. Um, that was pretty special. Um, and then playing in Sweden, um, playing in, uh, in Girogarden, which is in Stockholm. Um, my first year over in Sweden, seeing, seeing our fans and their fans, you know, they're chanting all game and, and, um, coming out, uh, coming out under the tunnel and, and seeing that gave me chills. So that was kind of one of the, the cooler moments um, that I can remember right off the top of my head without giving me any time to answer would be probably those, those two rinks um, would be, would be my two favorite. What's your favorite thing about being a hockey player? Um, being able to do this as a job, you know, I don't think um, growing up, you always want to play in the NHL and stuff and, and do that. But um I think it's pretty special being able to, um, you know, having the opportunities to be over in Sweden and play in the American league and, um, you know, being able to, to actually play this as a job, you know, and to support a family and do all that stuff. I think it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, not, you always dream about playing in the NHL, but you don't, you know, you don't really realize, um, there's not a lot of players that are able to, to do it. Um, and obviously the higher up you get, the, 
the smaller, you know, the triangle gets. And so being able to um, be pretty close to the top of that um, is, is pretty cool. And last question, what's one unique thing about you, something about you that maybe a fan sitting in the stands doesn't know, uh, but would, would be something interesting about you? Um, I like to hunt and fish. Um, you know, I'm a big outdoors guy. Um, when I was in Sweden, I had the opportunity to go deer hunting a couple of times and, and boar hunting a couple of times. So, um, being able to, to get outside and enjoy the, the outdoors, um, is something that, that I, um, definitely enjoy doing outside of the rink. Well, thanks a lot for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And that's our conversation with Indy Fuel defenseman Ben Yalds who's had a really fascinating career. He's in his ninth year as a professional. It's a career that's come full circle, as he mentioned. It started out with the Blackhawks organization with the Rockford Icehawks back in 2011, and here he is again in the Blackhawks organization with the Indy Fuel here in 2019-20. And he also played a couple of seasons, or parts of a couple of seasons, with Toledo before the Fuel were a Blackhawks affiliate the Hawks and the Detroit Red Wings shared the walleye as their top affiliate. So it's now uh, the Fuel that are the Blackhawks affiliate. And so he's back in the organization in the interim. Three years in Providence in the American Hockey League where he played for Bruce Cassidy. A stint in Cleveland in the AHL as well as three years in Sweden. And we're glad to have him as part of the Indy Fuel. And uh, you get the opportunity to see him and his teammates perform three consecutive times. Friday night, 735 against the Toledo Walleye for Military Night, November 8th. Saturday, November 9th, the Fuel take on the Cincinnati Cyclones at 6.05 p.m. for Pucks and Paws Night. And then it's November night next Wednesday, November 13th, 7.05 p.m. as the Fuel take on the Kansas City Mavericks. After that, eight of the next nine Fuel games will be on the road. So three really big home games coming up, and then the Fuel head back to the road for much of the rest of November before they come home to spend a lot of time at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in December. We want you to spend a lot of time at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum as well. You can get your tickets to all 34 remaining Indy Fuel home games at IndyFuelHockey.com as well as all Ticketmaster outlets and the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. Bring your friends. Don't miss the action. And of course, Nickel, Jack, and I will have you covered as well on ECHL.TV and IndyFuelHockey.com slash radio with a call of all 36 Indy Fuel home games. We want to thank Ben Yalds, Fuel Defenseman, for joining us. Also want to thank you for listening. Until next time, this is the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith, saying thanks for listening. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.